And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 218, aka season 3, episode 38. Uh, coming at you this week, as always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we still do call in numbers, and you can still feel free to call, those numbers are 303 335 9527 or 303 835 1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what is going on with you this week, MC? Well, um, I drank too much last night. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> now, I, I, I asked if you wanted to lead with this, and maybe you don't, but you said that there was a, a Monero conference coming up in a couple weeks that you might be interested in. And I don't know if there's any other news in that field. Uh I know Bitcoin is like in the middle of another uptick, but other uh, other other coins are not keeping up pace like they did in the past, and some people are freaking out a little bit about that. Your thoughts or anything? Um, well, uh, I think we're getting ready to go into another boom cycle with Bitcoin and and all the alts with it. So um, it'll be interesting. Um, it's also it's it's interesting to me all the scams that that come along with it too. Um, right now, there's probably six or more uh, websites that deal with uh, uh, they're more like <clears throat> more like banks. So you deposit Bitcoin in their accounts, and they and they do something with them, and maybe lend lend them out or whatever, but the the point is you you get interest on your bitcoin yes um, but the problem with that is well if they're holding on to your bitcoin they can they can steal them and so if they offer something like oh you give you know 10% interest uh that would attract a lot of people to put bitcoin in there um and uh they can be either you know stolen or hacked or um inside jobbed or you know uh I'm always Maybe. leery of the ones that don't let you transfer your Bitcoin to an exterior wallet. Like once it's in there, you're kind of like locked in to their their site. Oh sure, sure, yeah. Um, m most of them, most of the exchanges, you can take your Bitcoin out, obviously. But um, that but the point is 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 that if you're if you're getting interest on it, the the object would be to leave it with them uh, for as long as you can. Um, because you want interest and if you take it out you don't get the interest anymore right yeah so uh yeah but it's it's ex extremely dangerous and uh yeah I don't, I don't know i mean i can't even remember the name what was that one that m was in on at the during the last run-up that everyone oh, U usi tech yeah that was yeah that i was remember crazy. well you're you were correct and you called it and everyone we talked to, we warned about it, um, but you know there there were zealots for that one too, right? There was you know the the one guy that got M um, involved or you know was uh, right. purchasing or whatever was like, oh no, this 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 will never end. You know when right. when Bitcoin fails to rise, they will switch to something else, and you know the gravy train. I'm like, ah, just just be careful, dude. He's like. Why do I have to be careful? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, all well, right, you know, to each his own. That's, but that's how they get you. They show you the number on the website and say, this is how much money you have. And this is how much you know money you'll make every, every month. And so what, what the, the, 
the <laughs> and telling people how to rip people off, but <laughs> the, the way to do it, the, the why, why they were successful is they told people, oh, just buy $50 worth. And what happens is you buy that $50, then it doubles in value. And you go, wow, if I put, if I put 10000 in there, then I would have had 20000 instead of just $100. Yes. And so then they empty their entire bank account, go into debt, put all their money uh, on this website. And, they, you know, in six months, they think they're going to be millionaires. And, uh, and then and what happens in six months, they shut down and <laughs> take your money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think my, you know, I think my uncle got wrapped up in that too. Cause the last time I saw him when I was back uh, in Hawaii, before we made the move here to New Hampshire, he, he asked me for like an update. I'm like, I don't have an update, dude. Like I, my, I warned everyone to, you know, to, to be leery at best and don't put all your eggs in that basket. And it was, you know, and I, and then I asked him like, who even told you to do that? Like I would, you know, I, I was, and still am for the most part, like a, a Bitcoin maximalist for the, you know, if you want mm-hmm. to use terms, like I don't, I don't, I'm not smart enough to, to day trade in altcoins. I just want, you know, to, to maximize the amount of Bitcoins I'm holding as best that I can. Um, and I'm not, I, I don't do any of the trading. Like, it's not my thing. I, just like, just like everything else, all I do is collect. I get the Bitcoin and then I just put it in a pile and there it sits until, until such a time as I deem necessary to, to use it for something else. Um, but I just, I don't, I, I would never have advocated that for friends or family. Uh, now, Em, of course, you know, she was trying to be the, the, you know, the mogul, the trader, the woo, look at me, how much I'm doing on crypto. And that was all well and good. Um, so she got involved with that, but I don't think, I don't think she took too huge of a hit because she was smart enough to, you know, stay diversified. Um, Mm -hmm. and again, just talking to you, knowing full well that this is not going to be a long lasting, um, you know, saving up for my retirement, uh, in, in quote unquote investment, uh, <laughs> company. It was, you know, a short term, if you can get in and out before they fold type of a thing. And, you know, but that one dude, man, I just, I never, I never found out what happened to him, but I felt, I felt bad, but at the same time, hands up in the air, like you, you were warned, my, my friend. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I you can only do friend, so much for people. I have friends that weren't even involved in, in crypto at all, trying to put money into USI tech and, and BitConnect is, and it's just like, it's like they, they have no idea what they're doing and somehow these people got to them and convinced them that they would be rich. It's like, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, that's, so that's the, the moral of the story is, uh, just because you, you're successful at something doesn't mean it's a, uh, a good buy. Right. So yeah. if you have a s- small success in your life, doesn't mean uh, put in uh, all your money into it or whatever, or or, or uh, take excessive risks on, on something just because uh, something worked for a little while. Um, yeah. Especially so, especially when you have to trust other people. So the 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 good thing about Bitcoin is you're not really trusting any person or, or company. It's it's a distributed type of thing and nobody's really in charge of it um it's, it's that's the trustless part of it yeah um and of course it still takes humans um to manage the network and, and make sure it all works but we 
the hope is that there's enough incentive to keep it going the way it's going. Um, things could change, though. You know, incentives uh, could change in the future. Do you um, think that age factors in at all in, in making those types of decisions? Because, like, for me personally, I go, I'm still relatively young of working age, mm-hmm. and I don't anticipate not working for quite some time. So if I lose a huge chunk of money, you know, playing around in crypto, it's not like I'm wiped out forever. All right, right. I mean, sure, that 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 factors into your your risk tolerance. Yes, sure. The younger you are, the more you can experiment with things. But also, the younger you are, the probably uh, you're you're not going to have that much to mess around with anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just remember uh, advice from I got well quote unquote advice um, from a, a anger management counselor when I was having trouble like paying his bills right because it was like court appointed anger management and he realized that I didn't really need it but he had to like do the paperwork for the court um, for me so so he basically like I'd call him on the phone my session was basically hey I call him on the phone I go okay I'm checking in for my session he goes all right send you the bill and then he would send me the bill. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not going to, you know, with, with all the court and all that other fines and whatever, and you know, low paying jobs, um, can we work out some sort of payment arrangement? He's like, absolutely. Cause the, what he said was the thing about money is you can always make more of it. Right. So the, the younger you are, the more true that is it's the, you know, the, the elderly people looking to, you know, to that have quite a bit of savings, um, uh, that can get wiped out in the crypto trading market, but at the same time could get wiped out in federal reserve notes as well. Like what happens to those people, you know, if, and when hyperinflation does hit or if, and when their, you know, their, their 401ks collapse or there's some scams there as well. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a risk all the way around. Like no matter what you do, you know, there's, there's almost nothing you can do with your money that keeps it, uh, you know, at, at a low risk tolerance at this stage of the game. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's varying degrees though. Um, yeah. So what else is new? You want to do headlines? Cause that's it. That's all sure. I got. Headline. We haven't done headline. I feel like we haven't done a significant number of headlines in a while. And that's kind of been a good thing. Um, cause I've been saving them up, but also like this week was, wasn't a bad week. Uh, for news as well. So I got quite a bit lined up that we can get to. Uh, Headline, Mexican civilians kidnap soldiers to get confiscated guns back. Uh, Headline, weak diplomacy. Here are 36 countries that the U.S. has bullied this week. Uh, This is a recent article, so it is actually this week. Uh, Headline, Seattle property owner holds holding illegally parked car to go vehicle hostage Demanding payment. Uh, headline, flimsy justifications to restrict your freedom. Uh, headline, why a 15% interest cap on loans would hurt the people it's intended to help. Headline, why a free society cannot transform wishes into rights. And finally, headline, Florida makes possessing child sex dolls a felony. Uh, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Uh, I guess with the Mexicans. It's Sweet. fun. See, and I've, uh, I'm on record as saying this anyway. I'm a big fan of 
a lot of the ways Mexicans do things, whether legal or illegal or, you know, white market or gray market. So when I saw this headline, it was like Mexican civilians. I'm like, man, Mexico stepping it up yet again, where, you know, the, the folks here on this side of the border in America, um, I don't think would have the balls uh, to pull this off. Mexican civilians kidnap soldiers to get confiscated guns back. All right. Um, and please go to uh, our groups page where I post the show prep because there's videos uh, and a whole bunch of stuff incorporated in the article that we can't, we can't do on a radio podcast type of thing or, you know, an audio podcast. So go check out the video because why not? Um, and then here's reading into the article. An incident in the Mexican state of Michoacan where a group of civilians held a squad of soldiers captive and demanded the return of seized weapons has sparked national debate with top politicians expressing opposing opinions. The tense standoff took place in the municipality of La Huacana, located in the west of the troubled federal state last week. Following a confrontation between the military and unidentified gunmen, the soldiers captured a vehicle and a number of guns. Two civilians, including a minor, were injured by stray bullets during the shootout. At that point, a mob of civilians surrounded the soldiers, stripped them of weapons and gear, and demanded the return of the weapons and the vehicle. Uh, one video that recently emerged showed soldiers putting up little or no resistance. Other videos show a civilian forcing a soldier to call his superiors and negotiate for the squad's safe return. Uh, the Mexican military eventually agreed to exchange the seized hardware for soldiers, citing the desire to avoid further hostilities and loss of life. Criminal or self-defense forces. The incident sparked debate across Mexico with sharply opposing opinions. President Andres Manuel López Obrador praised the soldiers calling their inaction brave and responsible since abusing our fellow people is cowardice. At the same time, he admitted the soldiers got themselves into a difficult situation. Former President Felipe Calderón, however, called the whole situation unacceptable, stating that the military also has human rights. The standing presidential orders for the military to not respond to aggressive actions on civilian mobs have to be changed, he argued. <coughs> Excuse me. Complicating the situation, the identity of gunmen who prompted the incident remain unclear. While some reports claim they were members of a drug cartel, others suggested they were actually members of the so-called Auto Defensas, a local vigilante militia. The military only described the gunmen as criminals. Armed civilian groups have emerged in Mexico in the last decade uh, during a particularly violent phase of the drug war between the government and narco cartels. The state of Macoacan uh, was the first to have such groups where supposed to keep both cartel militants and sometimes the government too away from local communities. A former leader of the Auto Defensas movement, uh, Jose Manuel Morales, also weighed in on the incident rejecting the depiction of the vigilante group as criminals. Morales, who spent several years in prison as the government tried to curb the activity of the vigilantes, warned the government against disturbing the peace of the community and focus on other localities plagued with murders, kidnapping, and dismemberments. 
So there you have it. Uh, the, the vigilantes, of course, think that what they're doing is not criminal law, just meeting out justice. Uh, the government officials take a different stance. Where do you fall, MC? Uh, criminals or uh, appropriate response to, to government overreach? Um, well, I think it's fair to point out that that most of the problems is because of the drug war. And uh, Sure. If, uh, yeah, certainly... I don't know anything about the 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 group that had their their weapons stolen, but um, I mean, if that's all it is, then yeah, they should get their stuff back. And the way they did it was uh, quite brave. <laughs> yeah. See, and I don't even care. I don't even care if they were criminals, part of the drug cartel, right? That's that's still to me, it's still like the Mexican way of doing things. Even if it's you know the the criminal actors doing it. Um, if you don't have if you don't have illegal drugs, you don't have an illegal drug cartel. You have businessmen and people, you know, citizens standing up for themselves against uh, some for some form of of state onslaught. In this case, the military. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, that's really cool, man. <laughs> Thanks for posting this one. Yes, and again, it just highlights the the difference. Right, because the 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 most recent uh, footage we have available for for stuff like this in the USA is again all the all the two A people, the Second Amendment advocates, going like they're coming for our guns, they're gonna take our weapons, and and you know the the really vehement ones are you know like they'll never they'll never take it, you know we're we're gonna fight back first, um, and then you have footage of Katrina. Was it was it Katrina? Yeah, where they were, you know, the civil defense and the national guard just went around and said, "Okay, uh, we're gonna need your guns," and people just handed them over, right? Just mm-hmm. you know, who's gonna come for your guns? Those guys. And what are you gonna do about it? Hand them over. Whereas at least in Mexico, uh, maybe the, maybe maybe this is the first time it's happened, uh, but at least sets a precedent uh, where you can where you can clearly see people not taking shit from their government anymore or from their, you know, from their homeland defense military personnel anymore and resisting it. All right. I think there was like uh, one video um, of some teenagers in in the United States somewhere. I forget where um, attacking, attacking police officers, uh, you know, dragging cops for, you know, while they were like beating another teen and, you know, but it's not, it's, it's good to see it's not at this level, um, but it's nice to see, that citizens uh, there, at least, and hopefully here, will get the idea that they can do this too uh, against the the great American military. Uh, but taking a stand for themselves, taking a stand for their property, right? Their guns, their cars, whatever you know, the, whatever the military was trying to seize, whatever the cops here are trying to seize, uh, just go get it back, right? And the fact that the guy, you know, it's some, some places might call the, the people who are like holding the soldiers hostage like terrorists, right? And the Mexican government negotiating uh, with terrorists for the safe return of, of the military personnel. You know, I would have got, I would have like gotten the guns and then executed anyway. But that's just, that's just me. That's just me talking off the cuff. Um, but. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, there, there's definitely a different uh response by uh by the government and surprisingly uh the the president of mexico is uh saying that uh, the military shouldn't be abusing 
the people. Um, yes. And which is so, nice to see as well. Um it it would it would be good to have uh private militias that are not regarded as terrorists but as you know as the people. Um that, well you have the I vigilante think, group that they, yeah, they call well, I, criminals. I, so I think that's kind of the uh, a starting point would be to uh have more militias and that's that's one way to uh be you know strong enough to resist the government because um if if everybody's just individuals then well it's it's pretty easy to run over an individual that's the, that's that's the biggest problem in a lot of what we discuss right it's it's the prisoner's dilemma i guess in that everyone acting as individuals won't make the same decision won't be won't be better off as they would be if they came together as a group I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week, you know, with, you know, just, just the work relationship, right? Just, you know, at at whatever job you happen to be in, if you, you know, if you were aligned with your coworkers um, against the dirty management team, right? You know, not, not necessarily a state funded union, but just, you know, just pulled together your collective bargaining abilities, uh, how that could change things. Right, and if if you pull together your collective defensive ability against the police, right, how that could change things. Uh, but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of evidence that people will pull out um, more than a camera to document police abuse. Right, we have a, I, I, you know it's been going on it's been going on long enough. It's been documented, I think, long enough at this point, where you know the the, the time to pull out cameras to show everybody see see. Look at what they're doing um, has passed. You know, if, if you're if you're if you don't know what's going on with with police, you know, out there um, attacking citizenry and, you know, just beating the hell out of people for using aggressive, aggressive violence um, for with without cause for no good reason. Um, I would say, again, you're you're voluntarily ignorant at this point. Like you have to be looking away. You have to have your neck cranked all the way around exorcist style behind your head uh to to not see what's going on uh so i would say that the time for documentation is over um and the time for you know defensive action to protect the lives uh of your fellow man and fellow people um is now upon us and i think this again the the reason i pulled this story is because even though it's mexico they they seem to to have a propensity for this type of thing um I will also say this, I, you said something and it sparked a thought in my head that maybe this is different in Mexico um, because maybe Mexicans have a different uh, relationship with violence. Um, is that, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to really explain that concept, but they seem, they seem more okay with this type of thing than American citizens. Do you have any thoughts um, on, on the concept of the relationship? I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know, I don't if, know. It's, if, if it's if it's violence um it's um i don't know like if i had to say like what is one of the big problems in the u.s and that is that they i don't know i don't know if it was because of you know world war ii um being sold as a you know the, the great american success sure uh so the 
the belief in, in authority is, is way too high. And so I, I don't think they have that, that mindset in Mexico. So okay. know, just because you're wearing a uniform doesn't mean, you know, you're special or something, you know. Um, the cops are not above the citizenry. The military is not above the citizenry as far as right. respect and admiration and authority is concerned. Sure, sure. Okay. So maybe not with violence. Well, maybe I, I'm, I'm not going to shy away too too much from it, but maybe maybe a relationship with authority then versus relationship with violence. And, viol- and well, because of this, you know. The thing ahead. is, like, if, if you if you uh, treat everybody as you know, ha- having equal authority, then everybody can use the violence then. So um, here in, in the U.S., it's like, well, only only the cops are allowed to do violence. And then the cops do a lot of violence. You know? Of course they do. <laughs> so, and so in Mexico, it's like, well, everybody can do it. And so now it's like, well, you know, so it's more even, you know, playing field, I guess. And more acceptable. And, you know, the government, not the, the, the president, not wanting to isolate himself further from the people, you know, actually negotiating saying, okay, you know, if, if, if what you're saying is true, then, you know, you, you can have your stuff back. Whereas I don't, I don't, again, I don't think you'll see that here. And it could be, like you said, um, just the relationship with authority. People, people here just yeah. cower well, to it. But also the, the people in positions of authority think they're freaking, you know, uh, gi- you know, gifted, <laughs> like the chosen ones, um, you know, and so, and they, and they don't want to give that up at any cost. So um, it's, it's a miracle that, you know, the, the thing over the, Oh, was it was it the Bundy Ranch or is it was that a different one? And where they had that standoff with, um, yeah, the Cl- uh, Clive and Bunny over the the grazing rights, right? And yeah, they they had a you know, they had uh, a line of uh, cattlemen and and, yep. and and the line of government people with guns, you know, pointing guns at them. It's 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 a miracle they didn't uh, shoot them just because they think. They have the authority to do it. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, and that was again strength in numbers, right? They were they were outmanned, outgunned, and I, yeah, you know. I don't really know if they were outgunned, but um, it would it would have been really bad, uh, a bad situation. I would say at the time of the incident, they were definitely outgunned. Now, whether or not they you know decided to give the attack order and bring in reinforcements and fly over jets and tanks and you know right. really show dominant force. Um, maybe, but at, at, at the time of the incident, there were, you know, hundreds of, of people, you know, from across the country, you know, who descended upon the Bundy ranch Mm -hmm. in order to defend the ranchers. Um, and however many, you know, dozens or so federal officers (laughs) tasked with that job that day. And then, and the the Bundy's got, um, I think the sons were the ones who like took over the, the, um, wildlife sanctuary or something some months after that like there there were two there were two incidents two incidences that kind of flow together um like they they braided they, they raided the office of some federal park building or something and there was another standoff over there too and i think that's when one of them got shot um, yeah 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 but that that was a different that was a different incident involving like the same relative group of people mm. 
and you know every everyone somehow even in that incident right all the all the citizens um who were you know considered you know terrorists and and criminals or whatever were eventually exonerated i believe in in the courts so like mm-hmm. that the death of that one dude I, and his name spaces on, on me for now um was all for naught like it was unnecessary because apparently they weren't doing anything wrong there either um of course but again uh, you know the government being what it is when they were they did not have the strength in numbers on that one because the cattlemen weren't from all over the country descending upon that place to assist um they did fire and they they did kill yeah yeah all right shall but we move on oh go ahead yeah it's yeah it's just <laughs> i don't know it, i don't know what i'm trying to say there but uh yeah it's, it's crazy well to me the, the whole thing is is the belief in the in the in authority and and that's that's kind of why um, I think it's bad in the U.S. and and it could it could lead to uh, you know a breakdown of society or whatever or dystopian dystopian you know reality. <laughs> Looking forward to it. I don't you know at at some point maybe not. Um, but right now, if you, you know if 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 you if you set society ablaze and build a new, um, I. Th- I think I would fit in with the group of survivors, uh, and I think I'm in a good well, place. It, it might not end up like that, though. It might it might end up as uh, you know total government control, uh, a, a boot on your neck uh, for eternity, like <laughs> 1984 or something. Well, that's when that's when the alternative is death, right? Like you know, if if it if it comes down if it comes down to the shooting, um, then then we's gonna get down to some shooting. Um, <laughs> hopefully, it doesn't. Right. But even, even in that scenario, right. I, I feel like, I feel like the place where I'm at now, not like, not the metaphysical place, but the physical geographic location I am now, um, and the gun culture that surrounds it, um, gives me a better chance of survival of mm. that type of onslaught than I would, um, say in Hawaii where, you know, there, there's not a big gun culture, um, and not even, not even a, not even a big individualist mentality or fight the state culture, mm-hmm. um, aside from the handful of um, secessionists that want to recreate a monarchy. Right? Like <laughs> I, I, I think my odds are, I think my odds of survival here are better, regardless of the situation. Right, we got, we got the, the, the crazy gun nuts, the farmers, you know, the, the agorists doing their thing around here. Um, so yeah. I think we picked it i think we picked a good spot a good spot to survive uh the the, the dystopian apocalypse uh should that <laughs> befall and if it doesn't i still think we're in a good spot because those people are fucking awesome to hang around with on a regular <laughs> basis cool <laughs> all right moving on right on all right let's do this one because this one this is this is a unique situation um and i'm curious to to get your thoughts on this uh, seattle property owner Holding illegally parked car to go vehicle hostage, demanding payment. A Seattle property owner upset with a car share vehicle parked illegally in his driveway is now holding that car hostage. Dan Smith has set up a barricade around the silver Mercedes car to go vehicle parked in front of his home near 6th Avenue North and Holiday Street in the Queen Anne neighborhood. He said the car was left there by a customer since May 17th, so about two weeks ago. 
He now wants Share Now, the company that operates Car to Go, to pay $65 a day for vehicle storage fees, $300 for the barricade, and up to $500 for what he calls harassment fees. He said his renter, Assad Rashid, has been bothered and even cursed at multiple times from Car to Go customers who wanted to get the car out of the driveway. Uh, Kiro 7, this is the, the local news outlet that I got the article from, reached out to Share Now, and they said that according to their records, on May 18th, one day after the vehicle was left in Smith's driveway, seven Car to Go customers tried to rent the vehicle, but they could not get the car because the barricade was already up. They also said that they sent their fleet vendors out to remove the car several times, but the workers didn't feel comfortable removing the barricade to get to the car. Smith said he wants to speak directly to ShareNow agents, and so far that hasn't happened. Uh, Rashid told Kiro7 both he and Mr. Smith are frustrated because this is not the first time the car share vehicles have parked in their driveway. Uh, people are not made of where to park, where not to park, and how to use them, said Rashid. This is a common occurrence. This is once a month, once every two months, you see cars parked there. According to ShareNow, customers who park their vehicles in private driveways or other spots deemed illegal will be held financially responsible for things like tow fees and parking tickets. Their membership could also be suspended. Uh, ShareNow said that they are working to contact Smith, but no payment will be made. Uh, end of the article. So a, a lot of intricacies involved uh, in this particular case, MC, your thoughts, number one, is he holding the car hostage? And does he, number two, does he have the right to do so? Um, I don't know. You'll have to tell me. I don't know. That's, that's again, there, there's so many. Here's why it gets a, a little sketchy for me, right? If, 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 if you, what you have to do, first of all, is take everything in the article as fact. Um, otherwise, we, we like, go down a rabbit hole of speculation, right? So this is, this is a common occurrence, apparently, for this particular driveway. So he, he definitely has a grievance with the company. Um, if a car is parked there on the 17th and he's got the barricade up and they can't get it out the very next day, um, I would say that that's a little, you know, vindictive on his part, right? Like, he, he had planned this out in it. It's premeditated. He had planned this out ahead of time uh, as a way to, to, to literally hold the car hostage, right? They, they, they want to get it out. They've attempted to get it out. He's not letting it come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess a comparison could be made like, you know, if, if, if we're out on the street, uh, you know, playing catch or whatever, uh, and my football lands in your yard, right? And I just go like, Hey, can I get my ball back? And you deny me the opportunity to, you know, to get my my property back, even though it may have crossed your property line, right? Does that does that, you know, who's in the wrong there? And part of me goes like, don't be a dick, just give the guy the ball back, uh, give the guy the ball back. And so here, part of me is like, well, don't be a dick, just give the company their car back. Um, and if the company already has a policy. Um, for making customers who park illegally pay, then I would think they're, you know, the, the easiest thing to do in that point and I, is to call the tow truck company right? like, and just have them on speed dial. If it, hap- if it happens this month, just say, hey, car's parked illegally in my driveway. Can you tow it out? 
and then you know let them handle the billing of the 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 you know the the tow fee with um, the cars to go company, right? You you call the people who remove cars, you get it off your property, um, and and let that be the end of it. Um, so it it seems to me that he is definitely holding the car hostage, um, theft even maybe, um, and kind of extorting the company to get these extra fees, right? $65 a day, 300 for the barricade, 500 for harassment. Um, but he's not letting them remove it. So if, you know, if he lets them remove it after two days and he could try to collect the, you know, the 130, you know, $130 bill, uh, you know, for, for the, the storage, the, the daily storage rate. Um, but if he's if he's not letting even letting it go just so that racks up and he can collect more later, that seems a little shady um, on his part for me. Does that? Ha- yeah. does that- well, I mean, tow companies do the same thing. Um, if you can't pay the fine, they keep your car and then they fine you more for not being able to pay the fine. So that's true, but that's like a that's usually a legitimate tow company doing that, the quote unquote legitimate. Uh, and in places like Chicago, they're even getting trouble, getting in trouble um, for, you know, that predatory and extortionary practices. So even even that's becoming less acceptable um, mm-hmm. because in in the case of the Chicago ones, right, they were towing the cars illegally and then charging people for it. But if, you know, mm. if, if, if I park well, I mean, my car in somebody else's lot, right, and they have it towed, that seems like it's my fault. I don't owe the, I you know seems like I would pay, I would have to pay for that. Yeah. But this seems but a little if, bit different because he's not a tow company. No, that's, that's true. He's not a tow company. But, and um, he doesn't want the car in the lot. But it, it still, it still uh, ends up being the same, though, as far as the, the car might be in a tow company's lot and they charge for how long it's in there. Um, okay. So... So you're so in your opinion the barricade is okay the storage fee is okay until they pay like they would have to pay to no, get the car out well, and then negotiate afterwards I I I I don't understand um I don't even know if I'm playing devil's advocate I'm just it's it's like I said it's a very it's a very intriguing scenario um with a lot of different intricacies you know involved Yeah I mean it's 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 really weird that the car would still be there right if it's parked illegally, well, he put a barricade way. around it. Like he literally, he literally well, I mean, built, why, built the barricade. But why would he? It. But why would he want it there? And I, I'm so, saying because he's literally holding it hostage to collect just, these. Just because he wants the money, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm suggesting that. Right. Based on so, based on what I've read in the article, I think he's legitimately holding the car hostage. But I mean, he he, he could, you know, tow it to his, you know, somewhere else. You know, he could a, a different lot that he owns, right? Just he's so not a not, he's not a he's not a tow company though. He doesn't own another but, lot. He's just so he, a property owner. But he could do that though, right? So at least it sol- it would solve his problem of the car not being there illegal, you know, parked there illegally anymore. That's what I'm. That's also what I'm suggesting. I'm saying the the so, the easy solution is for him to just call the tow company and have them deal with it. Yeah, yeah. As, but a, a slightly more difficult one would be tow it to his uh, other property that's out of the way. Um, okay and so and then but then he could he could still do the same thing you know say you know <laughs> uh, give me money or else you don't get your car back okay 
if he has another property, there's nothing to indicate that he owns more than more than sure. this property. Sure. So I don't know. Is is it okay um, to do that? I I have no idea. That's kind of why I brought it up. This is this this whole article was just an, an interesting scenario on on who who owns what. There was a similar one um, where the you know the guy the guy was parked illegally near his house, um, and they put a boot on his car. And so he, he, you know, put the car on, um, like a, like not a skid, but like, you know, a, a, a rolling cart mm-hmm. and put it in his driveway and said, nah, I'm not, I don't need to drive this car anytime soon. I'm not paying it and I'm keeping your boot. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, well, he stole the boot. He's like, well, no, I didn't steal it. You guys can come get it whenever you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> All you have to do is come take your boot off the car and you can have it, but I'm not, I'm not going to pay you to take your boot off of my car on my property. Uh, and so that, that was another intriguing scenario about, you know, who owns mm-hmm. what, if they, if they really want the boot back, they can go get it at any time. Um, you know, if he, if he really wanted the car out of his driveway, he could have had it removed at any time. Um, this seems to this scenario again, seems to me like he's making a point uh, about it. And I think, oh man, going above and beyond what would be necessary to make that same point. Um, unless it's just for the money, right? You know, the, the car is parked in the lot, you have it towed, you, you know, you inform the, uh, you inform the, um, the share now, the car operator service that their, their car has been towed off the lot. Um, and that, you, you know, it's not even a threat. Just inform that if they continue to park illegally on your property, that you will continue to have it towed, um, you know, until they stop. Right. Or figure out a way to to then rent that spot from you if people do park there, yeah. right? They, it could be an arrangement so, to rent it. So if a if a tow company tows your car, um, and puts it on their lot and says you can't get the car back until you pay the fine, does that mean they own the car? No, but they they will at some point because uh, I don't I don't I don't know how it works um, in Hawaii. Uh, but here, be you know, I, I work at a storage facility, and we don't like to do this, and therefore we do everything we can to avoid it. Um, but if people park their car in our storage lot and then don't pay their storage bill, um, at some point, yes, we will take ownership of that vehicle. It's a pain in the ass process. You got to, you know, you have to, you have to put a lien on it. You have to, you know, make sure the title's clear. You have to, you know, give notice a certain amount in a public avail, like you know, in the newspaper, basically that the car is up for auction and then, you know, sell it or take and, you know, transfer ownership that way. Um, but if, if, if left on the property, like if, you know, and they they have mechanics liens here too. If you take your car to a shop, you know, or a tow shop or whatever, and you, you never retrieve it. Um, yeah, they, they assume ownership, um, not, not assume as in, you know, pretend, but like, a, a they, they take ownership of it at some point, um, through some legal mechanism that I have no idea what that mechanism would be. But yeah, if you, if you if you leave it for too long, it'll, it just becomes theirs with a little bit of paperwork. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying, it, it seems like uh, in both situations, the car is still being held hostage for payment. Sure, and having had to pay the having had to pay the tow company multiple times um, myself, the only difference for me is I I don't see tow companies as entirely illegitimate services 
Um, although most of what they do is contracted with the state. Um, and, and that's mostly how I encountered that, right? Like, you know, parked on, parked on a public road and then the state official says, nope, not allowed to be here. You got to move. Um, I would say that's, uh, illegitimate use of towing. Um, but you know, when, when we're, you know, when, when your car breaks down and you call AAA and they bring the tow truck to tow it to wherever you want. Um, and that particular place where you have it towed to charges a storage fee to hang on to it for you because, you know, it's like renting a parking stall, basically. Um, I don't see that as an illegitimate service. So I'm not, I don't want to group all of towing services into an illegitimate category. Um, but if you, you know, if, if you, if you are parked somewhere illegally, um, or, you know, on private property, uh, against the owner's wishes and they have your car removed, um, I, w- I consider that to be a, a legitimate use of towing service and storage. Sure. Um, but the car is still being held hostage. <laughs> so it's sure. like, it's like, okay, the tow company could just move the car somewhere else, uh, park it on the street somewhere, uh, not in a lot. Okay. And, and then send you a bill for $150 and say, you know, you owe us $150. Sure. Your car, your car is on the street. But instead, they go, "Well, you owe us hundred fifty dollars, so we're gonna we're gonna hold your car, and then and on our lot charge you another hundred fifty dollars every day or week or whatever uh, until you give us money, not until you sure. come get it." So that's the, that's the difference. Like, I'd like to get the car, but uh, you know, we so, don't have so, a, may or may not have a, a deal uh, about how much that service was worth or or whatever. Okay. So who would who would you contract with then? Is are you contracting with the property owner saying like, hey, I'll I'll take this car off your lot, um, but you pay me 150 bucks for the service, and then you hope to recoup what you can um, from the from the car owner? Because to me, it's kind of oh, like collateral. Yeah. There's no if you if you let the car owner drive the car off the lot, there's there's no incentive to pay. There's no reason to pay um, for the storage fee. Right again, I'll go back well, not to storage, you know, just just the tow. Okay, well, it depends how long they leave it there, right? Well, just I mean, if if you put it on the street, then okay, no 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 storage fee. Yeah, but why would they why would they pay the tow fee at that point? Um, you well, provided, would, you, but that's, you've provided that's, a service that's, for that's, the property owner. But that's the whole the whole reason to hold the car hostage. So so imagine if it was a really nice car. Yeah, that's like what a, I'm saying, like a Ferrari or something, and and you know, the car gets towed to I'll, I'll, let's just say it's mine. Uh, my lot, put it behind my fences, and say, "Well, uh, you're gonna, you got to give me fifty thousand dollars because, you know, whatever reason, you know, <laughs> sure, you know, for a poor person, one hundred fifty dollars might might be the same as fifty thousand dollars for a rich person, right? Sure. So it's like, you know, um, at what at what point does it become legitimate and and not uh, holding a car hostage <laughs> for payment?" <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay. So when I hear hold hostage, I, I associate a negative connotation to that. Well, right? for, for the person that doesn't have their car and, and uh, it, it is a negative thing, right? I mean, I've, I've had my car towed a couple of times and um, it's like, like, give me my car. Well, you got to give us $300. It's like, well, you know, I don't have $300. We'll, we'll come back tomorrow to be 
$450. I was like, come right. on. No, I hear you. And 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 if told if it's told illegitimately, right, I can I can totally understand how that would be perceived as being held hostage. So so how about how about this? What what if um there was a situation I, I think this would be a good uh solution to the problem. So you go uh my car gets towed, I go back to the tow company and I say, Well, I can't give you the three hundred dollars now, but um, you know, to re to uh, prevent more storage fees, um, I'll you know sign a contract saying that I will pay uh, the three hundred dollars in you know six months or whatever. Okay. And what and what would you put down as again collateral in this case to assure payment? Mm, I don't know. Because <laughs> I'll I'll try to relate I'll try to relate this to my current job right now. Right, I I run a storage uh, manage a storage facility. And people pay their bills on time for the most part. Um, but the ones that don't, if they're late, uh, I put our lock over their lock, right? Then they can't access their goods um, because they haven't fulfilled their end of the, you know, the, you know, their contractual obligation with us to pay the bill. So we, we basically hold their stuff hostage, you know, in the, in, in the words using for this article um, until, until such time as they pay the full amount due, right, or work out some sort of arrangement with me, uh, but I don't, I don't look at that as illegitimate because, well, the, the biggest difference is because that's part of the contract. Um, but at the same time, if I, if I, if they don't pay the bill and I don't, you know, put the lock on, they could theoretically empty out the storage, not pay the bill, and there's there's no way for us to to recoup that that lost income. Right, so we 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 hold it hostage, and if they eventually don't pay the bill, well, we sell it off to recoup some of it. I guess I guess if you don't pay the bill, the towing company could just come take the car again, and the, this time they wouldn't you know give it back until okay they were paid. So. And then you'd have to pay extra because it's an additional tow that you like a repo man at that point. Right. So you, you they hold the they hold the car. You agree to pay by a certain date. Uh, if you don't pay for a certain date, you forfeit the car. So you can you can put the title of the car up as collateral, but not the actual vehicle. Then, and then if you don't pay, they just assume ownership of the car and come collect it at some point. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can get behind that as a solution. So let's transfer. <laughs> let's transfer this back that whole scenario back to this one. Um, would that be Would that be an acceptable agreement uh, with this property owner? Like they, the, he gives them the car back. They agree to pay, you know, however many days storage fee for being on his lot, um, and if they don't, if they don't pay that, you know, then he assumes ownership of the next car that does get illegally parked on his lot, or can go collect one of their cars, um, uh, where wherever it may be. Sure. <laughs> you think that's acceptable? All right, fair enough. All right, shall we move on? Let's do one more. Roger. All right. Let's do this one, because I know you like foreign policy. Foreign policy. What diplomacy? Here are 36 countries that the U.S. has bullied this week. And we're, we're going to get into it, but the article doesn't name all 36 countries. Uh, at some point, they say, like, the European Union, um, and all those countries get grouped into, into, into one. So if you're trying to keep count, uh, there's that in advance. Uh, It has been a busy few days for American diplomacy, 
with three dozen nations ending up at the receiving end of threats, ultimatums, and sanctions this week alone. And it's only Friday. So this article is from yesterday. Uh, or whenever you happen to be listening to it, the 31st of May. Mexico is the latest target. Slapped with a 5% tariff on each and every export, gradually increasing to 25% until it stops the flow of Latin American migrants into the U.S. and <laughs> thus fulfilling one of President Donald Trump's election promises. Uh, most of those migrants aren't even from Mexico. Do we want to stop and get into that from how ridiculous <laughs> that is? I mean, that, it, it's it's really crazy. Um <laughs> It's bas- it's like a permanent tax uh, a permanent tax on Mexican imports. Like <laughs> there's yeah. no way that they're going to stop like the flow of immigrants coming over the border. So anything from Mexico is now just 25% more expensive well, at le- across the board. Here's here's the thing. If you, if you turn the US into a shithole, yeah, they'll stop coming. Okay. So is, is a 25% tax on Mexican goods enough to turn the U.S. into a shithole? It, it, it really could. It okay. Could. Um, you combine that with China and the European Union imports? and Yeah, I mean... It, it, an economic, economic dead zone? Yeah, economically, uh, the U.S. isn't really doing that great. So, um, you know, when the next downturn happens and then that, that on top of, you know, not being able to import stuff... Uh, it's, it's not going to be good here. <laughs> uh, one, so the professor, uh, equates the, 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 the Jones act. It's the uh, enforces shipping monopolies or whatever. Yep. But anyway, he, he, he would say that, uh, if, if you were in a war, the first thing you would do is, is cut off all their trade with, with the rest of the world. Embargoes. Uh, and so, what the U.S. is aiming for right now is to do that to themselves. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're gonna it's cut just off ridiculous. That will show you, like what? <laughs> so it's 2019 right now, and we're ramping up for the you know the, the 2020 election cycle. Uh, should Donald Trump not get reelected, uh, do you think it would befall on his successor then? to grovel and apologize to the Mexicans and the Chinese and the European Union and, you know, the Canadians for all the, <laughs> for all the nonsense, uh, tariffs. Well, and, I and I don't think apologies are, are necessary. I think the best thing you could do is just open up trade. I think that's the best form okay. of, of uh, you know, you don't, you don't think us, we're going to reopen up trade. We're sorry. We fucked up for four years letting that orange guy do his thing. You don't, you don't think that comes along with it? Just go, no, nope, we're opening it up because we're America, damn it. Um, Even a symbolic I mean, apology? No? It, it, I don't think apologies are necessary or wanted or anything. It's just... Okay. It's, I mean, especially for somebody else's actions. Like, how do you really apologize for somebody else's actions? It's a, um, well, collectively as Americans. On, yeah, be, on I, behalf I, of the country... We're yeah, sorry for what Donald Trump did for the last four years. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's necessary. No. Do you think they would actually open up trade, or would they continue on with these policy programs? Then, um, is that an entirely what, different? Oh, what, do I, what do I think they're going to do? I think. I think whoever gets elected next is probably going to do the same thing Trump is doing. 
Okay. So and the, it, apologies and I, moot I think, at that point then. Yeah, I think I think it's mostly due to the fact that they they think they can manipulate the economy. They think they they can make things better by interfering. All of them, all politicians, all elected yeah. officials. Yeah, okay. sure. All right. Yeah. And so that's it's that's what it's gonna become is well, it's a downturn, so we're gonna have to interfere more. Trump didn't tariff enough, as it turns right. out. Exactly. Okay. All right. We'll see. I'm going to continue on the article, unless you got more on that one little piece. Because that one little piece, that could spawn an entire, I want to say an entire sure. episode. Okay. On, on. The other, on the other side of the world, India is reportedly about to be forced to face a choice. Ditch the purchase of Russian S-400 air defense systems or face sanctions under the Countering Americans' Adversaries Through Sanctions Act, the C-A-A-T-S-A, Washington's go-to cooperation enforcement instrument. Turkey is facing similar ultimatum. Abandon S-400s, uh, something uh, Ankara has repeatedly refused to do or lose access to the F-35 fighter jet program. This threat was repeated on Thursday by Catherine Wilbarger, uh, U.S. Acting Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Affairs. How do you even fit that on a business card? Uh, Ankara has already invested some $1.25 billion into the super expensive American fighter, but with a lot of its parts being made in Turkey. It's still an open question. Who would be the bigger loser? Uh, here's the next part. The entire... European Union could be facing punishment if it tries to trade with Iran using its non-dollar humanitarian mechanism to bypass the American embargo. Having worked hard on the 2015 nuclear deal with Tehran, uh, which has repeatedly been confirmed to be working, EU member states are not ready to ditch trade at Trump's whim. And U.S. Special Representative to Iran, Brian Hook, on Thursday reaffirmed the threat of CAA, TSA, sanctions. Cuba, the rediscovered scapegoat of the Trump administration's newfound anti-socialist drive, is being called out for supporting Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro. On his Thursday visit to Canada, U.S. Vice President Mike Pence said Ottawa must stop Havana's malign influence on Caracas affairs, despite Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's meek objections that it could play a positive role in settling the crisis there. That's 32 countries bullied, threatened, or sanctioned in one day, uh, counting the 28 EU members. Years worth of gunboat diplomacy packed into a busy few hours in Trump's signature my way or the highway style. Mentioning Iran, which was almost certainly behind the recent inept attack on oil tankers near the Persian Gulf, China, which dares to buy Iranian oil, Russia, which has probably restarted low-yield nuclear tests, and Venezuela, where the ouster of its elected president is the only result of a long-awaited talks with the opposition that Washington will accept, is almost an afterthought. There's hardly a week passing without the Trump administration churning out half a dozen accusations and threats against one or all of those, and this week the gears were grinding as hard as ever. American influence built up over decades is undeniable. Even its adversaries depend on the U.S. dollar and are arguably at the mercy of the myriad military bases all over the globe. Trump and his hawkish inner circle have been more than willing to spend that credit by shouting at everyone to get in line. In the worst case scenario, <coughs> excuse me, 
In the worst case scenario, he is dragging the world into devastating wars. In the best case scenario, he's throwing that influence away, showing allies and rivals alike that an ugly divorce could be the only way out of this abusive relationship. Uh, so any other thoughts on the number of <laughs> missteps that I'll say uh, that Trump has taken uh, this week alone? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think, uh, like, my, my, my comment still saying is just interference in the market is uh, unnecessary and probably we could probably do a lot better uh by opening up trade absolutely to tell people what to do but like you said no politician is likely to do that for you know the reasons that you gave they they think that they can command control all the economies um and i know here's the thing right in in at the beginning of the trump administration uh, there was a handful of golf claps uh, coming from the uh, from us, me, the anarchist experience uh, at that time, because as far as uh, domestic business is concerned, he removed a lot of regulations, and you have to go, oh yeah, you know that we we want less government regulations, um, and so man, if someone's doing it and it happens to be Trump, you know, a little, little bit of praise here, credit where credit is due. Um, and I, I think we finally, maybe not finally, but at least with this article and some of the other um, economic nonsense that he's pulling, uh, it seems, it seems, it seems that his his good deeds have run its course, um, and we can we, we can finally jump on the what the hell is that fucker doing uh, stories because there it's no longer you know good news mixed in with the bad. It's not all um, you know hate coming from the left or. Uh, you know, MAGA hats coming from the right. It's finally, you know, where where we can say, if he's not, if he's if he's adding regulations, um, we're against it. Uh, if he's removing regulations, um, we can be for it. And it seems to be more of the former now than the latter. Am I right, am I right on, on point on that? All right. Sure. Final thoughts then. No. Nope. All right, that'll do it for us. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, you know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, minds.com slash the anarchist experience, uh, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>